Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of World Championship Boxing. And today we will be talking about the life and times of Smokin' Joe Frazier. And today I am also joined by One Silva. What's up, man? Good evening, my friend. How are you doing today, Logan? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. Um, talk about irony. We started doing a series on Muhammad Ali, and um, this week we were supposed to talk about his fights with Ali and Frazier, the second half of Ali's career, the 70s. And lo and behold, Smoker Joe Frazier dies Monday night. Yeah. And uh, everybody, of course, uh, knows uh, he was a major rival of one Muhammad Ali, and uh, he had a quite a career in his own right. So uh, why don't we start talking about where um, Joe Frazier first started making news um, in the boxing world. Well, before we start, I just want to give props to Floyd Mayweather for paying for Joe Frazier's funeral. You know, Joe Frazier died broke, penniless. So I got to give, you know, Floyd Mayweather gets criticized a lot, but I have to give him credit for paying one of the great heavyweights of all time funeral. Absolutely. That is a huge. That is a huge deal, and uh, that's that's a major thing. I, I didn't realize he was uh, completely broke. Uh, he was li- living in ahead. the gym that he owned in Philadelphia. He was living in the basement. He he had lost everything. He was penniless by the time he had passed. But we, we could talk about that later. Um, I just want to give a brief overview of, of his childhood and how he started boxing. Joe Frazier was born January 12, 1944, in Beaufort, South Carolina, to Reuben and Dolly Frazier. As you know, as anybody knows, coming from America, the 1940s was a tempestuous time in, in American history when it came to race relations. And um, Joe Frazier, being from a black family in a predominantly white um, county in Beaufort, South Carolina, experienced a lot of prejudice growing up. And it, it and um it forced him. One story that people didn't talk about this week, the week that he passed, was Joe Frazier was forced to leave South Carolina because he had gotten into an incident with a with a white farm owner who um threatened to kill Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier kicked his ass, and Joe Frazier had no. And Joe Frazier was only fifteen at the time. Joe Frazier kicked his ass and had no choice but to leave. South Carolina in 1959 before he would get lynched. No shit. Yes. Wow. So Joe, he was. Go, go ahead, go Logan. Ahead. Go ahead, Logan. No, I was just going to say that he was he was on he was on a um, he experienced firsthand this uh, you know this segregation is you know the, the the whole issue. I mean, he was right there. He he almost got lynched. Crazy. Anyway, go ahead. It, it, it's, him and him and Muhammad Ali were born two years apart, and they were both born born in the Deep South. Ali in Louisville, Kentucky, Joe Frazier in Beaufort, South Carolina, and they both experienced racism growing up. And I, in my opinion, it made them even greater fighters because of that turmoil they had to experience growing up. Joe Frazier, as a kid, his father had lost his father Reuben lost his arm while getting shot while driving his car with his wife Ruben with his wife Dolly and his left arm had to his right arm I'm sorry his right arm had to be amputated 
So Joe Frazier's father, Ruben, did, did everything with his left hand, his left arm. Joe Frazier's father, Ruben, was a sharecropper, and they owned their own farm. And Joe Frazier, his son, Ruben Frazier's son, Joe Frazier, started doing everything, copying his father, working everything with his left hand. One of the reasons why Joe Frazier had one of the great left hooks in boxing history is because he built up all his power in his left hand by doing all his work with his left arm and his left hand. Also, Joe Frazier's father would, would, tie, would have Joe Frazier tie his right arm and hit a speed bag or punching bag with just his left hand, just to put all his power in his left hand. So by the time he moved from South Carolina in, in 1959 to Philadelphia, he already had a left, a left hook that was dynamite at a young age. When Joe Frazier moved to Philadelphia, he met a, a, an older guy by the name of Yank Durham, who became his manager and trainer. Yank Durham trained Frazier, was his first trainer, and Joe Frazier won several Golden Gloves, several titles in the Philadelphia area, and in 1964 made it to the U.S. Olympic Boxing Trials Final in the heavyweight division against Buster Mathis. Buster Mathis won a controversial decision winning the, the nod to go to the, Olymp to the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics, Summer Olympics in 1964. Because Joe Frazier felt disgusted by the decision, he told his father and he told Yank Durham he was never going to fight again. The fate, stepped in, the fate stepped in, Buster Mathis got hurt. And since Frazier was the runner-up, he took Buster Mathis' place on the U.S. Olympic team and won the gold medal in 1964 at the age of 22. I'm sorry, he was 20 years old at the time. Hello, Logan? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here, man. Okay, all right. So after he won the gold medal, Joe Frazier began his, his, his career. When Joe Frazier began his career, Muhammad Ali was the greatest fighter in the world. It's, it's, it's ironic. 1964 was a turning point for both their careers. Ali won heavyweight title of the world, as we spoke on the last show, shocking Sonny Liston in February of 64. And Joe Frazier won the heavyweight gold medal in the summer of 64. So everybody knew at that point that eventually their paths would collide. While Frazier was, was starting his career, beating journeymen and club fighters in Philadelphia, Ali was mired in the Vietnam controversy, and just dominating the heavyweight division. By the time Ali got stripped in, in April of 67, there was already talk about an Ali-Frazier fight possibly in the next year or two. Ali got stripped. Joe Frazier entered an eight-man tournament in which he beat Jerry Corey, C-69 fighter of the year, to win the New York State Athletic Commission heavyweight title. In February of 70, he destroyed Jimmy Ellis, to unify the WBA, WBC, and New York State title. In October of 70, as we spoke in our last show, Ali returned, beating the number one contender, Jerry Quarry, and then he beat Oscar Bonavena in December of 70, setting up the 1971 fight of the year, the 1970s fight of the decade, the 20th century fight of the century, March 8, <laughs> 1971, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and this would be the one of three, right? Three fights that they would fight together. 
one of three fights. Did you get to watch this fight, Logan? Oh, yeah, man. Crazy. Crazy you know fight. What? Even all the way up to oh. the end, it was in- intense. Yes. How did you have a score? Um, I had uh, Frazier winning, I thought, most of the fight. I mean, I... What about you? You had uh, Ali winning? I had it dead even going into the last round. This was a tough fight to score, Logan, because... Ali outlanded Frazier, but Frazier landed the more severe. That left hook of Frazier's was just taking Ali's head off the entire fight. Up until this time, nobody knew about Ali's chin because Ali was unhittable. In this fight, Ali got hit more by Frazier than than the entire 31 fights previous put together. I mean, Frazier, and Ali hit Frazier with everything, and he didn't hurt Frazier once in this fight. Yeah, I didn't see Frazier, I mean, really get really hurt at all. But but Ali was like, I mean, he was getting nailed. I mean, he hit Frazier with everything. I'm, let, let, let's start with the, with, with, the, with, with the beginning of the fight. In the first five rounds, I gave Ali four the first five rounds because Ali came out, I mean, that jab was just smack. Frazier, he couldn't, hit, he couldn't miss Frazier. Frazier would land an occasional hook or two. But Ali dominated the first five rounds. In my opinion, the turning point of the fight, well, in the fourth round, Frazier hurt Ali for the first time with a devastating left hook. And that began that, that began a seed for the, for the rest of the fight. In the sixth round, Logan, if you notice, Ali was exhausted. Ali punched himself out. Ali hit Frazier so many times that Frazier never buckled. I think it frustrated Ali, and it got Ali tired. And in the sixth round... Frazier started pulling his hands down, talking about, hit me, Ali, hit me. I think Frazier knew right then and there, Ali's not hurting me. I can take his shot. I can take him out. Yeah, he. I think he broke Ali right there. Um, and uh, Ali couldn't believe it, man. He was just like, who is this machine I'm in with? It was a machine that night. I don't think anybody in the history of boxing would have beaten Frazier that night. Frazier was determined that night. I mean, he kept coming, Ali kept hitting him, and it wasn't stopping Frazier. Ali only backed up Frazier one time in this fight, while Frazier, that left that 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 left hook, I mean, it was like a cannon the way he threw that left hook. And it was it was uncanny how accurate that left hook was. Speaking of accuracy, you will never see a fighter and we'll we'll talk about these fights with Ali and Frazier. No heavyweight in the history of the sport was as accurate as Ali. When Ali landed his left jab, right cross, left hook combo, I mean, he would he would nail you. And he nailed Frazier the entire fight, and Frazier just kept taking it. Yeah. Uh, now, when uh, now let's talk about the knockdowns in this fight. Um, oh, oh. Sorry. What, what oh. happened with the, the, um, the who, who got knocked down first? All right, but, but before we continue that, and this, you made a good point. In the sixth round, you said you thought Ali was broken and Frazier had broken him. I think so because in the sixth round, Ali started throwing pity-pat punches. He was exhausted, and he was also frustrated, and Frazier was banging the hell out of his body. That's when the fight turned. In the 11th round, Frazier, at the beginning of the 11th round, Frazier hit Ali with a left hook. Ali, Ali buckled and fell. Referee Arthur McKay called that a slip. That should have been a knockdown. Yeah, that's that that definitely was a knockdown. Yeah, because you remember Logan, he hit him with a left hook. Ali went down to to his to his knee and he hit the his glove hit the canvas and the referee called it a slip. Later yeah. that round, 
Frazier hit Ali with a left hook. Ali buckled, was about to go down and caught himself before he went down, got up against the ropes, got hit with another left hook. I thought it was over for Ali, but Ali started, as always, as, as, as cunning as he is, pretended that he was playing, but he was really hurting. Frazier really didn't jump on him like he should have because he wasn't sure if Ali was playing possum or not. Yeah. Yeah, Ali was good at doing that rope-a-dope shit where he'd end up kicking your ass eventually. So now, yeah, um, would not, But Frazier would not be denied in this fight. Round 12 and round 13, he kept beating the hell out of Ali's body, and that's when I gave Frazier the edge. 14th round, Ali knew the fight was in the balance and started hitting Frazier with everything he could. That was the best round Ali had, fights, Ali had in his fights at the ninth round because from rounds 10... Through 13, Frazier swept him. 14th round, Ali made a comeback. Beginning of the 15th round, you could tell when the 15th round began that Ali knew that this could be the decisive round in the fight, and he came straight at Frazier, and Frazier hit him with the spectacular left hook from hell. Ali broke down. What shocked (laughs) me, Logan, was when Ali went down, he got right back up. I was shocked. I yeah, mean, he was up. Get this man. Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, I mean, the guy, it's amazing that he even got up from that because that was such a clean shot. It was a perfect shot, and it, and it ballooned his jaw. Prior to the 15th round, Ali was unmarked. After the 15th round, Ali's right side of his face was like a grapefruit with his, was inside his jaw. But this round especially, I think, showed the true champion that Ali was. Because this guy, like, he was no joke. Like, he he's getting his ass kicked. But in the last part of that round, he's coming back. You no, know? I mean, you make a point. You make a great point. The last minute of the round, Ali hit Frazier with some spectacular shots. Yeah. But, but think about it. At, but by that point, Ali was exhausted. So he didn't have the same snap in his punches. And Frazier wasn't going to lose this night. But this was one of the few fights in boxing history where both fighters won. Frazier won the fight, but Ali also won because he proved he could take a punch. And could he take a punch? He proved he had heart. He proved he had courage. And he proved that he was indeed an all-time great. I know. I mean, it's interesting because the – I mean, right there, like – he basically outboxed Muhammad Ali, of you know, the best <laughs> fighter ever to set foot in the ring. You know, he basically found a strategy that beat Ali. And what I never understood was, like, whether it was Ali taking him lightly or was it just... Oh, no, no, that- no. Ali, you, you saw these fights, uh, Logan. Ali came out, Ali was... The first five rounds, he was dancing, he was jabbing, he was hitting Frazier with everything. It wasn't Ali taking Frazier lightly. Ali did not take Frazier lightly. It was Frazier's will and his heart and his determination. He wanted this fight. This His career hinged on him winning this fight. He loses this fight. All right, he gave a great effort, but he will go down as another Ali victim. Him winning this fight cemented his legacy in boxing history. Oh, definitely, but... Uh, I mean, this was the first time somebody beat Ali, right? Yeah, they, Ali, they were both undefeated going into this fight. 
No one yeah. even came close. We, we talked about Ali's career the last show. Nobody even, I mean, the closest anybody ever came to beat Ali was Henry Cooper when he knocked Ali down right at the bell in the fourth round, and then Ali chopped him up the next round, and they stopped it. But as far as a sustained somebody, in this fight, like I said earlier, Logan, Frazier hit Ali more times than Ali's entire career put together. Now, it's because he was so pissed off, too, right? Well, I don't know. It was just, if you, I don't know if he was pissed off because you notice after a lot of the rounds, Frazier would tap Ali on the ass or the head, and, Ali would, and Frazier was smiling. I don't think there was any animosity here. Remember, we talked, I talked about in the last show, Frazier and Ali were friends when Ali was in exile and Frazier became heavyweight champion of the world. Frazier even loaned Ali money. There was no animosity here, in my opinion. The animosity began, in my opinion, and it, and it surfaced and it got out of control with the Thriller Manila buildup. Not this fight. In this fight, it was the two best fighters in the world fighting each other for the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Of course, words were said for prior to fight. The, the biggest thing that Ali called Frazier was Uncle Tom, and Frazier said, all right, well, I guess I'll be your Uncle Tom that night when I beat you. Another funny thing that was said, right before Frazier knocked Ali down, Frazier told, I mean, Ali told Frazier, you can't, you can't beat God's destiny. And Frazier tells Ali, well, God's destiny is about to get knocked on his ass right before he knocked him down with the left hook. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, but, I mean, okay, now, leading up, though, to the second fight, um, there was, like, some skirmishing that they oh, did, at, great you know, point. like, yes. some fight. Yes, yes, yes. And a lot of people think it was planned. A lot of people think that was like a pro wrestling type angle. Uh, a month before Ali fought Joe Frazier the second time, January 1974, oh, quickly, when the fight, before we go to 74, let me finish up about uh, the, the first fight. The oh, yeah. fight ends, Ali, like you said, Logan, great point. Ali came on strong in the last minute, but it was too late. That knockdown sealed the deal. Joe Frazier was the unanimous decision and now is the universal heavyweight champion of the world. Both men go to the hospital that night. Ali's jaw gets checked out, and he's released like an hour after he goes to the hospital. Joe Frazier has internal bleeding and hemorrhaging and has to spend the night in the hospital, and rumors have it, have it that he came close to seriously being, seriously being very hurt and possibly having to be put in intensive care. He spent the night in the hospital. That's how much of a how much punishment Frazier took from Ali that night. Yeah, that's no joke, man. I mean, it's it's interesting how like a lot of times the winner is the one who's willing to take that, you know, and just go with it. And, and you get saw face after the fight, both Frazier's eyes were were puffy, and he had a knot on his uh, above his right eye because he took a lot of punishment. And um, oh, yeah. what upset me? Well, then again, I was only three years old at the time when this fight happened. What upset my father? My father would talk about it, and then when I look on the record books, I don't understand why there wasn't an immediate rematch. They just had the fight of the year. They just grossed the biggest gross in boxing history, and they didn't fight again for another three years. Frazier fought a couple of tomato cans, and two years later loses the title to George Foreman. I don't. I still, to this day, I don't understand why a rematch didn't occur later that year or the following year. Yeah, that's that is strange. Uh, maybe yeah, yeah. It did, but I mean, w what was Muhammad Ali doing? 
Ali was Ali fought five and six times in seventy two and seventy three. Ali stayed busy trying to get that rematch. In seventy one, Ali won the rest of his fights. In seventy two, Ali won all his fights. And then in seventy three, Ali lost to Ken Norton, but he lost to Ken Norton two months after Frazier got knocked out by Foreman. So there was no excuse as to why Ali and Frazier couldn't afford again. They should have been a rematch. Damn, that's interesting. Uh that's and that's one yeah, one thing I don't I, I ne- um I've never looked up and I never heard the reasoning behind why there wasn't an immediate rematch. You would think one would be made. It didn't happen. The re the, the their rematch happened after both were no longer champion, January of nineteen seventy four. This was a uh, elimination fight, the winner to fight George Foreman, and you brought up the skirmish. It happened early January of seventy four in the ABC studios. Howard Cosell on Wide World of Sports was conducting an interview between Ali and Foreman, both there live in the studio, when Ali grabbed, I mean, Ali and Frazier, when Ali grabbed Frazier by the neck and a skirmish happened. Ali was playing. I don't think Frazier was playing. (laughs) So Ali just was just like playing around. Yeah, but Frazier wasn't. Frazier took his head. When they, when they separated Ali, you could see Ali laughing, and you could see the fire in Frazier's eyes. Um, now, what, what was it what that happened? was said at that point? That I know what happened. Ali made a comment of Frazier being ignorant, and Frazier did not like that. Then Ali grabbed Frazier by the neck, and then Frazier tackles him to the floor. Ali's still playing, but Frazier's trying to hit Ali. But before anything happens, both camps separate the fighters. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, the style of Joe Frazier. And, like, I mean, he kind of had that Mike Tyson style on some level. Um, he also <laughs> seemed to be a little bit better of a – I mean – It was a it was a better version of Mike Tyson. Yeah. Joe Frazier was a better defensive fighter than, 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 than he's given credit for. You saw him bobbing and weaving. Ali and Foreman were the only guys to really hit him at will. A lot of guys would miss Joe Frazier because he bob and weave, banging to the body, and all everything is set up that left hook. Frazier had no jab. Frazier was one of the few heavyweight champions in the history of the sport that had no jab. His thing was bobbing and weaving, getting inside, and banging the body. And most guys that danced and jabbed, like a, like Jimmy Ellis, Buster Mathis, they had no shot against Frazier. You had to hurt Frazier like Foreman did or throw punches and bunches like Ali did to have a chance against Frazier. Joe Frazier was a beast. Yeah, I mean, he seemed, to me, it just seemed like uh, Ali would have had, I mean, I just don't understand why Ali had such a hard time with the guy. Because Ali, you know, is is such a great, um, you know, a boxer. He just, I guess it's like the same reason why Apollo Creed couldn't deal with Rocky, you know, (laughs) kept coming. (laughs) Why Ali had problems with Frazier? Frazier's chin. Frazier had a magnificent chin, and Ali couldn't hurt Frazier. The first two fights, in the first two fights, Ali might have hurt Frazier once. In the third fight, he hurt Frazier several times, but they're both past their prime, and, and, and um, they're both lower. In that first fight, Ali hit for I mean, I don't think Ali hit anybody more than he hit Frazier in that first fight, in any of his other fights, even the fights with Ernie Terrell and Floyd Patterson when he beat the hell out of him. He hit Frazier with everything, and Frazier would not buckle. And, you know, it's frustrating. It's like you're hitting your, hitting your hands up against the wall. The wall's not breaking. Eventually, your hand's going to break. You're going to get hurt. Yeah, I, you know, it's just, it's, 
you know, like, and then you, you okay, so. Let's, it's why let's I would have destroyed Tyson because Tyson didn't have Frazier's chin. If Ali, you saw that first Ali Frazier fight, Ali hits Tyson like that, the fight doesn't go four or five rounds. Yeah, well, Ali, you know, I feel like he he had this thing where, I mean, I he probably could have just stayed on the outside and won a decision, I would think. But and for some reason, he decided... Logan, in the second fight, that's what Ali did. Ali danced and jabbed his way to an easy decision. Second fight was uneventful because Ali dominated by staying outside. Every time Frazier would get inside, Ali would clinch, hold him behind the back of the head, and he won a very dull 12-round decision. If you ever saw the second fight, the only thing major that happened in the second fight was in the first round, Ali hurt Frazier, and Frazier was about to go when the bell sounded early. The, the, the first round only lasted like two minutes and 30 seconds. Huh. So somebody saved his ass. <laughs> it was a mistake on the timekeeper's part. But after that, wow. Ali, I mean, Frazier didn't hurt Ali at all in the second fight. Ali danced to an easy decision. That's the backdrop for the third fight, Ali Frazier, November 3rd, I mean, September 30th, 1975, the Manila in the Philippines, the Thriller Manila. Ali was a huge favorite because a lot of people thought because of, the, because of Ali destroying Foreman and Ali beating Frazier easily the last time, that Frazier really had no shot. Yeah. Well, boy, were they wrong. Yeah, exactly. But um, I just don't understand why uh, Ali didn't fight the second fight in the first fight. I mean, why did he fight in that? Is it just that he didn't, like, understand? Well, I, you know what I think? He, If you notice, Logan, in the first five rounds of the first fight, Ali was moving, hitting Frazier with a lot of shots. But Ali hit Frazier so much that by the sixth round, Frazier was banging his body that by the sixth round, Ali had shot his load and he was exhausted. Now, you can't keep this beast off you. This beast is still is still 100%. Now you're 80%. You can't move anymore. You start getting hit. You start getting hurt. That's the difference between the first and the second fight. In the second fight, Ali had his legs. First fight, Ali lost his legs after the fifth round. Uh, yeah, and that's the time we were talking about. Uh, but, yeah. But, but, I mean, he, you know, it's just like... Um, it's hard to move against a guy that keeps coming at you and you can't knock and you can't hurt him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think that's the key right there is that it's like Ali would be able to swarm people, but I mean, he just okay. Let, let's get into let's get into this. Uh, the greatest, I think, this fight, the third fight, is the greatest fight ever. You know, I mean, come on, you just can't third beat. Fight. Logan, you make a great point. I think the Ali Frazier Thriller Miller was the greatest heavyweight fight in the history of boxing. We've been doing the greatest fight series. You can make an argument that is the greatest fight of all time. This fight was like a soap opera. The the ebbs and turns, I mean, this fight, it was just ridiculous. I mean, I watched this fight yesterday for probably the 80th time in my life, and I still was jumping on my Oh my god. I was I never I never um saw the speed of Ali until I saw this fight. Like this guy is a quick puncher, man. Like you, you see know those what? Combi- Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Go ahead. Continue. Finish your point. 
No, I just want to say that you see these combinations that he's throwing, and it's like he's like the bionic man, this guy, the way he's throwing them. I mean, especially in, like, the third round, it's just like... Logan, Ali was 33 at the time. This third fight, Ali's past his prime, and you still see the head speed that he's hitting Frazier with these shots. He's hitting, like, the bag level speed, you know, like that. I was like, God damn it, man. <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, right? I mean, it's like his his arms were like blurring. It was so fast. I was like, my God, like who who punches like this in the heavyweight Nobody, division? It's like the history of boxing. Never mind heavyweight division. The closest was probably, no, you know what? Sugar Ray Robinson punched like that. Let me back up. And Sugar Ray Leonard had similar hand speed. I mean, those are the only two on that level that you could say. I mean, you're right. Frazier's head was like a speed bag this entire fight when Ali hit him. <laughs> yeah, when Ali was going to town, Ali was just hitting him from every angle, like, in this crazy speed. Like, it was like a seriously like a video game where you just press some button and the guy's arms just go like. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is this guy, man? He's so fast. And, and he's 30. He's the heaviest of his career. He was 221 in this fight. He's he's heavier than ever. He's older than than ever. He's slower than ever, and his hand speed still was ridiculous. And in this fight, Logan Ali did not dance. He stood toe to toe with Frazier for the entire fourteen rounds. Oh yeah, I mean he was determined. I think in this fight to make it an exciting fight and to take some risks, you know, and uh, and he, he wanted he, to, in this yeah. fight. And you know what? Um, in this, I think in this third fight, he might have taken Frazier too lightly because the way he fought was not like he fought the first two fights. He came right at Frazier from round one, and he stood toe-to-toe with Frazier. I thought he had the mentality that I could knock Frazier out. Frazier's not the same fighter. Let me go in there and knock him out early. Boy, was he wrong. Yep. And I think he 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 basically, you know, I think on some level he understood that if it was going to be a classic fight, he couldn't just fight the way he fought in the second fight. And right, and right, right. and I think what he wanted to do was stay with what he you know did right in that fight. But then he ended up getting like um, you know caught now and then when he'd be a little less cautious, and then he'd get pissed off, and that's what bring him into the brawl. Right, back. right, right. Yeah, and he started brown looking. He hurt, yeah. In the first round, he hurts Frazier with a left hook. Frazier almost goes through the ropes. It was like a Floyd Mayweather, Roy Jones check check left hook that Ray Robinson created and Ali used and Roy Jones and Floyd Mayweather used. Uh, Joe Frazier was coming at Ali. Ali was bouncing off the ropes. If you remember, Logan, in the first round, he hits Frazier with a left hook. Frazier buckles, and his head almost goes through the ropes, and then he catches himself. And I think that showed Ali, damn, I hurt this guy again. Let me finish him off. It's funny, in all three fights, in all three Ali Frazier fights, Ali beat the hell out of Frazier in the first round in all three fights. Yeah. It, well, uh, another thing that Ali did in the third fight that he kind of carried over from the second fight was the jab. Uh, he had well, he, much more. Right. More Ali had jab. one of the great jabs in boxing history, and Ali's jab in all three fights couldn't miss Frazier. But the same, I think he used it more effectively in the second and third fight because he just, 
I feel like he kind of abandoned the jab in the sec in the first fight, and that's kind of. I in mean, he still threw it, but it wasn't like as his, his You got a point there. In the first five rounds of the first fight, Ali's jab was as good as ever. After he got tired and it became more of a slugfest, he completely abandoned the jab. So, yes, I agree with you there. Especially, Frazier started hurting Ali several times, and Ali would be up against the ropes. And anybody knows, when you're up against the ropes, you can't jab anybody. You got to fight your way off the ropes. And after the sixth round, Ali was up against the ropes in the first fight a lot. In this fight, the, most of the fight was in the middle of the ring, and Ali, being that it was the middle of the ring and he's much taller and has a longer reach, yes, his jab was much more effective in the third fight. Another thing that I'll, that you see very little of um, from Ali is holding. This guy doesn't no, Ali hold. held a lot in the 70s. Ali held a lot. Ali was the creator, and I wish more fighters would use this. Ali was the creator of holding you behind your head and pushing your neck down. And that helped him in a lot of fights as he got older in the 1970s because it would tire his opponent. If you keep, if a 215, 220-pound man is grabbing you by the back of your head and, and bringing you down, after six, seven rounds, your head's going to start coming down. You, you're going to start to feel that, and you're going to start, your defense is going to get worse, which happened in this fight. Great point. Great point, Logan. Ali held a lot because he knew when Frazier would start hitting him to the body, he wants to stop that from from going on and on. So he's got to hold Frazier, especially yeah, after I... Ali. And in this fight, middle of the in same pattern as the first fight, after the fifth round, Ali is tired, and Frazier comes on. He does, but I, I found that his holding is it's not like the kind of holding that you saw like Holyfield do with Mike Tyson. You know, it's like less. A different like type that. of holding. There's a different type of holding. You're right. When when Holyfield holds you, he grabs your arms, right? Yeah. Ali grabs you by the back of your neck. It's a different type of holding. You're right. Yeah, like Ali, it was like a temporary deal where you're like you saying he's trying to get in that head thing where he pushes him down, but yeah, he never yeah. is like trying to tie up the arms. He just no, he he, just, he 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 never did that throughout his entire career. Ali's way yeah. of holding was bringing your head down. You're right. Yeah, and that and I feel like that's like a big deal because like so many fights, you know. Like, you know, just gets so ugly when when fighters do that. And oh, yeah, all that clinching. Ali wasn't yeah. a clincher. He just pulled yeah. your, your your neck down. Great point. Great point, Logan. Yeah. And and there was no and that's what the thing that makes these fights and mostly any fight when when we talk about great fights is there's very little clinches. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the fighters themselves have just almost made a mental note. It's almost like a work where they're just like, you know what, I might be able to win this way but I'd rather have a real fight than... You know like, what? What have we mentioned before in the past? When a fight like this is happening, like the Thriller Manila, like the first Ali Frazier fight, the referee and the fighters both noticed that they're in, they're sensing that they're part of history, they're doing something historic that night, and they abandon whatever... They abandon what they normally do to continue this classic fight, to continue this piece of history. Ali was a move his entire career. This fight, he stood toe-to-toe with Frazier for the entire fight. And it's like, wow, we're, I'm part of history. This is just crazy. Let me just keep going. Good point, Logan. Yeah, so, so you know, um, let's talk about the flashpoints in this fight. I feel like, you know, things, you know, like you, you mentioned the first round where yeah. he almost gets Frazier. But, but this, I think the third round is like probably – 
unbel- one of the most unbelievable rounds I've seen. Um, oh, great because the first part of the round, Ali's doing the rope-a-dope, right? He's just laying there, and Frazier's hammering him with body shots and everything. Second half of the round, Ali hits Frazier with everything but the kitchen sink. I mean, those shots were just bouncing off Frazier's head, and Frazier stood there. Frazier took every shot to the bell, and when the bell rang, they looked at each other like, wow, wow. It's just There was so much respect when these two in the ring. I know there was a lot of animosity going into this fight because Ali took out a, a, a toy gorilla and started um, hitting it like it was a speed back saying, this is Joe Frazier, this is the gorilla that I'm going to kill in the Thriller Manila. But once they got in the ring, that went out the window. Yeah, and I mean, the first round was, I mean, also hugely exciting too. And uh, the, I just, it was funny, like at the end of that round where um, Frazier just kind of like hits um, – uh, Ali in the ass at the end of the round. <laughs> like after the bell. It was a show of respect. And to yeah. me, it was acknowledging to Ali. It was Frazier acknowledging to Ali, yeah, you hurt me. So in the third round, it starts out where, he, yeah, like you said, uh, he's doing, he's doing the, the rope uh, dope, but then he just, that's when it just like, you start to see the speed, He's what he does. Oh, bounces off those ropes with those combos. I mean, Logan, all three fights, Frazier took immense punishment from Ali. I don't know how he did it. You know, when we talking about Joe Frazier, I don't think there was a heavyweight in the history of the sport that had more heart and determination than Joe Frazier, even more so than Muhammad Ali, because Muhammad Ali had much more skill than Frazier. Frazier's determination. Imagine if Mike Tyson had Joe Frazier's heart and determination. He would have never lost. It's so funny because, yeah, yeah. And and so funny too. Okay, so after that huge flurry, that you know, like you were saying, off the rope of dope, Frazier just you know just pushes into him and gets him with like two shots, and they're, and those two shots do more damage than all those shots that <laughs> Muhammad that, Ali. That's that just like in the first fight, Ali would hit Frazier ten straight times. Then Frazier would hit Ali with a left hook, and then Ali would buckle or back up against the ropes. It's just it's just weird how Frazier had this just I mean, his head he must have had the hardest head in boxing history. <laughs> and the hard and, and his punch must have been killer too, because he got he would get like a few through, but they would be so much more devastating than, you know, the but ones that, that Ali Frazier always, always was able to hit Ali with the left hook in in the thriller manila and the first fight he hit Ali more than Ali's ever been hit, and that left hook just kept bouncing off Ali's um, um, jaw. All right, in the fourth yeah. round, Ali hammered Frazier again. Ali's dominating the fight, and after the fourth round ended, you notice, Logan, the fans start going, Ali, Ali. And, and uh, Ali, like like a wrestler, like a pro wrestler, gets up and starts leading the cheers with his, with his gloves going, Ali, Ali. That was just great theatrics. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> He was a showman, man. He knew he knew what he was doing. Um, and 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 so in so so just talk about what happened between that round and I guess the next real big flashpoint of this fight is eighth round. Fight, like the first fight, Logan. In the sixth round, Ali begins to tire, and Frazier has his best round in the sixth round. Ali stays up against the ropes, and Frazier hammers him with one left hook and one body shot after another. Okay, and the seventh round was the first time Ali actually danced. 
we're in round seven, and Ali for and I think the reason Ali started dancing the seventh round was because he was hurt the pre- previous round, and he was trying to buy time. And then once he starts dancing, he starts hitting Frazier at will, and he lands a tremendous left uppercut, right uppercut combo at towards the end of the round that sh- shakes up Frazier. In the yeah. eighth round, yeah. the best round of the fight. They stood toe-to-toe for the entire round, hitting each other with shots that no heavyweight in the history of the sport would have stood up to. They'd have both knocked out everybody that night. I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm up yeah. on my feet. I've seen this fight 80 times. <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing round. And it's like, okay, so leading into that, you were saying in the seventh round, uh, it looked like um, Ali still won the seventh round. Yeah, uh, I, I gave Ali the seventh round. The only thing Frazier in the seventh round was bang the body. Ali hurt Frazier with that combo at, at, at the end with the uppercuts. Ali started moving. The sixth round was when Ali was hurt. Seventh round, I think he started moving for the first time in the fight because he was trying to clear his head. He was still a little bit hurt. Eighth round, he went back to standing still. Him and Frazier hit each other with everything. Ninth round, Ali went back to dominating the fight. I mean, just hitting Frazier with everything. No, I'm sorry. My mistake. Ninth round was a turnaround. Frazier started banging Ali to the body again, and Ali was slowing down. You could tell that Ali was exhausted. Same thing happened in the 10th round. Ali landed several power shots, but I think because he was tired, it didn't have the same snap. And Frazier hits him with some tremendous left hooks, and Frazier's hammering Ali, and it's funny. When the bell rings, both guys look at each other again like, like, wow. What what's going on here? Uh, is this history? In the eleventh yeah, well, round, in the eleventh round, Ali batters for the first half of the round. Second half of the round, Frazier batters Ali. Ali goes slumps back to his corner, and he tells Angelo Dundee after the eleventh round, "I feel like I might be dying." <laughs> oh shit! But I mean, he doesn't. He's he doesn't give it up, though. I mean, the guy's still in there, you know, all the way up until, you know, we're, okay, so bring in it 12, to, like, 12th in, in the 12th round, they batter each other again. 12th round was a brutal round. Frazier's mouth is full of blood, and both his eyes are seriously closing, and the top of his right eye, there's a bulge. There's a big bulge coming out like Frankenstein on Frazier's right eye. 13th round was one of the greatest performances in Ali's history. He hit Frazier with everything but the kitchen sink. He hit Frazier with a right hand. Frazier uh, stumbled backwards hurt. I don't know how he didn't go down. Ali knocked Frazier's mouthpiece out. Ali did everything but shoot Frazier in the 13th round, and Frazier didn't go down. Yeah, Frazier just kept taking shots, man. And he another thing is... Yeah, he he kept coming, and uh, neither of these guys looked even tired. I mean, the way they were punching, they yeah, seemed like. But you know what? I think they're in the heat of the moment, and this fight is bigger than what they both are. They're not even thinking about the exhaustion. Frazier can't see. He's totally exhausted. He's not hitting Ali anymore. Frazier's not landing anything. Everything he's throwing is missing. Ali's hitting him at, at will, and yet Frazier doesn't go down. The 13th round, what did you think about Frazier's courage in this round, Logan? My God. And, and he, I mean, I, cu- I couldn't even tell who won that round, but. 
So I guess Ali it was Ali. Frazier didn't land anything in that round. Ali knocked his mouthpiece out. Ali hurt him. Frazier almost went down. Ali beat the hell out of Frazier in the 13th round. And in the 14th yeah. round, Frazier could not see. No, okay, I'm talking about the uh, the the 12th round, but yeah, the 13th round was. The 12th round could have, wait, they batted each other. The 13th yeah. round was when at the beginning of the round, Ali lands a right hand, Frazier's right. mouthpiece goes out, and then Ali lands another right hand. Frazier, remember, he stumbles and runs across yeah. the ring and almost falls down. He catches himself, and then yeah, Ali and then, just. Yeah, he didn't get a shot in until like the last, right right at the last part of that round for sure. Yeah, the, that's right. And he could not see. Frazier's both eyes were shut, and he had above his right eye, his forehead was was bulging like Frankenstein. He was he was completely blind, and he was getting battered. And he went out in the fourteenth round, and he took another beating. I mean, that fourteenth round, Ali, and I don't know how Ali is standing because Ali took a lot of punishment in this fight, and he's throwing everything in the fourteenth round. Ali's hand speed is just the same as the first round. Yeah, he just comes on like he's like, I want this fight to be over, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's trying, man, and 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 the thing is, is Frazier just is like no selling every punch he gets in his face. It's like yes. he's no sell, yes, and he keeps coming even though he can't see, and he's not hitting Ali at all. He he keeps coming. He keeps getting hit. He's getting hit flush on the forehead, flush on the jaw, flush in the mouth. He's spitting blood. Both his eyes are shut. And yet he yeah, doesn't and, go down. And you see at the end of the fourteenth round, um, Frazier's sitting up in the in the stool, just like, I'm fine and like Ali's like lying down on his corner, you know. <laughs> oh, great observation, Logan. Great observation. Yeah, so, Ali was completely exhausted and Ali admits this. Ali said he had nothing left after the fourteenth round because he did everything in the thirteenth and fourteenth to knock Frazier out. Frazier couldn't go. Frazier's sitting in the corner, ready to come out, but he can't see. Eddie Futch, his trainer, asks him, can you see? Joe Frazier says, no. Eddie Futch goes, all right, Joe, I'm stopping the fight. Joe Frazier goes, if you stop this fight, I'll kill you. So like what happened with Rocky and and um and Rocky Balboa in, in the movie with a Burgess murder. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Futch's last words to Joe Frazier was, Joe, I love you. Fight over. And Joe Frazier never spoke to Eddie Futch again after that. Wow. Well, he should have said he he should have known the answer to I can't see is yes. You know, you got to say, you know, that you can see. If you say you can't see, you're kind of saying the fight's over. I mean, uh, and then when the fight ends, Ali half-ass gets up and waves his hand and then slumps right back in his stool, collapses into his stool. He can't even celebrate. That's how exhausted, that's how beaten up he is. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That I mean, that's like uh, kind of. I wonder what would have happened. You know, it's nice to. Th- it's one. I wonder if. Uh, I mean, I guess Ali was cruising to a decision. Yeah, uh, Ali was because of what happened in the thirteenth and fourteenth round. Ali was way ahead, and Frazier had to knock Ali out, and that wasn't going to happen because Frazier couldn't see. So yeah, Ali was going to win. It's just he was. I mean. He took everything, and neither of these fights were the same after this fight. That was it. As far as their this fight took whatever was left of their careers out of them. I mean, Ali fought for three more years, only lost one more fight after that to Spinks, which he revenged before he retired. I'm not going to talk about his two comeback fights because he had no business coming back. 
Frazier <laughs> fought two more fought Frazier fought two more times after that, losing the form in the following year, and making a comeback five years later where he fought a draw to a draw with a guy named Jumbo Cummings. This fight, for all intents and purposes, was the end of their greatness as far as in the ring. And boy, did they leave it all that night in Manila in the in the Philippines. Well, let's talk about that because, you know, everyone talks about how Foreman easily beat Frazier, but that wasn't the same Frazier. Like, maybe oh, if no, he no, had no, no, wait a minute. First, the first, this, this is the second fight. The first fight that Foreman beat Frazier, Frazier was undefeated, and he destroyed Frazier. The second time they fought was the following year after this fight. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying, like, even the Frazier that he, that he faced had already faced Ali once. And that's... And, and that fight did take a lot out of Frazier. Let, let yeah. me make let me make a point about about this. You're right. Great great point you made. Joe, you can make a point that Joe Frazier was never the same after first the first Ali fight because that was his 27th professional fight, and he only had eight more fights after that. This is 1971. They fight. Frazier only had eight more fights after that fight. He is like he only fought once or twice a year after that maybe to just get as much money as possible and not to get seriously hurt because that first fight, he was seriously hurt. He had to spend the night in the hospital, and he was in serious condition. And you're right. He fought Foreman two years later. That was coming off the first Ali fight. So you you might have a point there. Yeah, and you just wonder, you know, how he would have done if he had, you know, faced Foreman in his – you yeah. know, before that fight, and maybe he would have done better. Or was it just that Foreman, in his style, had the number? Was, I think it was the style. George Foreman's six foot five. Joe Frazier's five foot ten. Seven inch difference. Foreman has pop, has bricks in both hands. Frazier just has the one left hook, and he has to climb a ladder and hit Foreman. I think it's styles. Okay, because I mean, but at the same time, like. Um, you know, maybe he could have done some body work and then got in there. I don't know. But it would be interesting to see. I guess they but, did have another fight. But at that point. Question. Think about this, Logan, right? Ali, in all three fights, Ali hits Frazier with everything but the kitchen sink. For Frazier to beat yeah. Ali, he has to take Ali's punishment. For Frazier to beat Foreman, the same thing's not going to happen because he's not going to be able to take those shots, as you can see in the first fight. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think he... He just, yeah, he took those those shots are fucking like cinder blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Get hit with a sledgehammer over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, can you imagine? That's why it's like you know, it's so crazy that you just realize the chin that Muhammad Ali had because he not only went through those fights with. Frazier, but then he came back and fought um, uh, Foreman and took some so, took some more, you know. So in Ali's 21 year career, from 1960 to 1981, Ali fought the hardest punches in the heavyweight in in among the heavyweights in that 20 year time period: Sonny Liston, Ernie Chavis, George Foreman, Ken Norton, Joe Frazier. Five of the heaviest hitters in heavyweight boxing history, and Ali was not knocked out by any of those guys. He was knocked down by only Frazier. Ali won, only lost two of those fights, and he beat all of those guys. That shows you how great. When people and I'm, 
when critics say Ali was overrated, I don't know where they're coming from. Because Ali beat several Hall of Famers. He beat Sonny Liston, an all-time great. He beat George Foreman. An all- he knocked out George Foreman, an all-time great. The only man to knock out George Foreman. He beat Frazier twice, an all-time great. He beat Ken Norton twice, an all-time great. He stood toe-to-toe with Ernie Shea, was one of the most dangerous hitters in boxing history. If that's overrated, then Jim Brown's overrated, Babe Ruth's overrated, Wayne Gretzky's overrated. This guy's not overrated. Like, you can't overrate Muhammad Ali. Like, you look at these fights, and you look at all that he's done. It, I mean, that's the thing. It's unfortunate for um, Joe Frazier, like, that he always was, like, in the shadow of Muhammad Ali because... Yeah. If he had just, if there was no Muhammad Ali, it would have been Joe Frazier out there. And uh, like, like I said, who knows if, if, if he hadn't had those fights, if what he would have done with his career, you know, and, and how he would have done against Foreman, you know. He, he had Ali never been around, he would have been heavyweight champion. Well, he was, he beat Ali, so I mean, he beat Ali that first fight, and he was heavyweight champion for five years before Foreman knocked him out. And I think Ali was a blessing for Frazier, not a curse. Because more people know about Joe Frazier because of his fights with Ali. Without Ali, Joe Frazier might have been like Larry Holmes, dominating the heavyweight division but not getting the same respect. I think Joe Frazier gets more respect because he fought Ali in Ali's prime and he beat Ali and he had a great career. And the only men to beat him were Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Nobody else beat Joe Frazier. Yeah. Um, Now, now Joe was um, always pissed off about you know, even until the day he died, I think yeah. I think Muhammad Ali tried to even say, you know, try to make amends with him, and he's still like. Several times over the last twenty years, Ali reached out to Frazier, said he was sorry, because Ali Ali's a devoted Muslim now, and Ali has his physical problems, and when you get older and you're not the same, you you tend to reflect on your mistakes in life, and Ali admitted to Frazier he was wrong for what he did for the things he said, for calling him Uncle Tom, for calling him ignorant, for calling him a gorilla. Those things hurt Frazier. And it hurt Frazier because Frazier didn't have Ali's gift of gas. When the when you had those press conferences and Ali's promoting the fight, nobody could, st- could stand up to Ali. Ali bad-mouthed you, and you couldn't – Ali was the greatest promo in the history of sports. You couldn't match him. It was like today with Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather and Pacquiao fights. Pacquiao can't match Mayweather's gift the gap, but Pacquiao's a humble guy. He'll stay quiet. Frazier was a proud man. He didn't like the fact that he was ridiculed, and it hurt him. And it, and, and, and it stayed with him to the day I, that he died, I believe. And also, I think he was bitter because at the, end of his, at the end of his life, he was broke. While Ali, even though Ali couldn't speak and Ali had all these physical problems, Ali's a millionaire. 500 times yeah. over. Yeah, well, Ali was a superstar, and, you know, Frazier, it was weird because everyone who was a casual fan would, you know, they're like, oh, Frazier, yeah, that's the guy who fought Ali. <laughs> you know I mean, like, he's, it's always, in, I mean, even when we've done this retrospective, it's like, you know, mostly focusing on his fights with Ali because that was the most history-making part of his career, you know, and so... It's just it's I think there was sort of an anger too that he didn't get the recognition of being as great a fighter as Ali, you know. You make a great point. This week, Joe Frazier died Monday. You know how they they they, they show who's um trending the most on Twitter every day they show the top ten? Yeah. Every 
Ali was trending more than Frazier, and Frazier died. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad because, you know, he did die of liver cancer, and people have traditionally said that, you know, uh, that's where your anger goes, you know. If you're an angry person, that's where it goes, into your liver, you know, and so there's probably and, you know, a connection. Died, the first thing most newscasts and newspapers and, and web sources, the first thing they mentioned was his fights with Ali, and the first thing reporters did was try to contact Ali on his reaction to Frazier's death. It wasn't, oh, well, Joe Frazier's son, Joe Frazier's wife, blah, blah, no. Well, this is Ali. Ali wrote a letter saying he loved Frazier, blah, blah, blah. That would be like the first thing a report would state after they mentioned Frazier died. Now, what was Ali's statement? Oh, no, Ali Ali was very humble. I mean, you know, he can't talk. He issued a press a press statement. And in the press statement, he talked about how he loved Frazier, how Frazier was the greatest fighter he ever fought, and that he hopes Frazier has found peace and death. And Ali attended the funeral yesterday. Oh, well, that's great, man. And, you know, it's too bad that I, I think that um, Frazier kind of went a little bloopy in his older age. I mean... You had Muhammad Ali that looked like he was retarded, but I feel like he he wasn't punchy as much as was Frazier toward the end there. Um, I agree with you. And, and uh, I mean, it's funny, too, because I think that in... I mean, okay, so you can say that Muhammad Ali was an asshole or whatever for doing all that, but, I mean, it sold the fight. It was, you know... Like it was like Chael Sonnen today, you know. I mean, it's just unbelievable stuff. People say it gets people talking, and yeah, okay. Like you know, this is a business, man. Like, can't you see that? And like, I just don't understand why he could never. Maybe he didn't watch pro wrestling. <laughs> Forty years ago was the first Ali Frazier fight. Damn, time flies. Forty years ago, March eighth, nineteen seventy-one. We're in two thousand eleven. Both fighters made $2.5 million for that fight. You know what $2.5 million meant in 1971? In 1975, they both made $5 million for that fight. You know what $5 million meant? Today, Ali sold his name for for over $100, $200 million. It's an unheard of. He sold his name, the rights to his name. So he's living comfortably. Joe Frazier is bitter because he's broke. He sees, even though Ali can't speak, what blah, blah, blah. He's living comfortably, and he's still loved by the public. He's loved worldwide. Ali's one of the three most famous people in, in history, in the history of the world, like we spoke. While Frazier, nobody's calling Frazier. Nobody's asking to talk to Frazier. Ali is still getting paid a lot of money per appearance. Joe Frazier basically has to beg for the appearance. So I understand his bitterness. But also, there's a point where you have to let go and it might have ate away at his liver, like you said, and might have been one of the reasons why he succumbed to, to the liver cancer. Well, I mean, apparently he was, I guess maybe he drank a lot, too, out of sheer anger, you know. Uh, it um, could have been out of depression as well. You know, when you're in your 60s, your livelihood was boxing. You're no longer part of that. You don't train fighters anymore. You got a gym, nobody's showing up. Basically, the gym is, a, is, your, is, is where you live. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, too, that, you know, I, I didn't even realize that, like, that he was so, I mean, I guess you never realize until they're dead, but, like, I didn't realize it was that bad for the guy, that he was that broke. Two years Crazy. ago, they did a documentary 
what was the documentary name? Um, Spike TV did a documentary two years ago. Facing Ali was the name of it, where they interviewed yeah. all the living fighters that fought Muhammad Ali, George Chuvalo. Well, they couldn't interview Ken Norton because Ken Norton had a car accident. He can't talk. So it was Ernie Shavers, George Chuvalo, Joe, Joe Frazier, a couple other guys, right? And Joe Frazier, I mean, he just, oh, my God. You, you, he, the grudge he held, and, he, and he, was, he was saying the same shit. Oh, Ali was overrated, ba 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 he never gave my due. You it was with him to the day he died, that bitterness. But That's in that documentary showed him saying, Yeah, in ahead. that doc facing Ali, if you ever get get a chance, download it or watch it on YouTube, they show him getting up out of bed in the basement of his gym. Oh, sad man. And but it's it's crazy too for him to say Ali was overrated because that only diminishes him. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. When you say a man that beat you twice is overrated, then you then you saying the same thing about yourself. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh man, poor guy. Like it's just it's sad when. Um... But he was a great great fighter. Nobody had a bigger heart in the history of the heavyweight division than Joe Frazier. He he gave it your all. He a hundred percent in every fight he fought to the end. He never tanked it. He was. What he was, a construction worker type fighter, came in the ring, he had his hard hat, and if you didn't knock him out, he knocked you out. And 32 out of 36 times, 32 out of 34 opponents, he beat. The only two opponents he didn't beat, well, he did beat Ali, but Ali beat him twice, and George Foreman beat him twice. Everybody now, else, would, he, he... Would you say, though, that he, I mean, if if you were to name some other fights that people should go check out of Frazier... Uh, that you know was are were good fights. I mean, or was it just these ones that we've been talking about? In 1969, when he beat Jerry Crowley, that was the 1969 fight of the year. And I'll talk about this real quickly. The reason that fight was the fight of the year is because Jerry Crowley stood up to Frazier. He was the first guy to really stand toe to toe with Frazier, but he couldn't hurt Frazier. Crowley hit Frazier with everything he could, but Frazier just walked through him. And in and in the and in the seventh round, he put. Jerry Corey to sleep with a devastating left hook, but that was a great fight. Check that fight out. That was 1969, Joe Frazier versus Jerry Corey. Check out the February 16, 1970 fight with him against Jimmy Ellis, where he dismantles Ellis for five rounds. He, it's a classic, a classic work in how you beat a guy down by going to the body, and then he puts Ellis to sleep with his signature left hook. Referee didn't even have to bother to count. Ellis was out before he hit the floor. That left hook was one of the most dynamite left hooks in the history of the sport. It was similar to the one that Floyd Patterson hit Igor Johansson with that we spoke with about a few shows ago where Johansson's leg was switching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check those two fights out. I would definitely check out his first fight with Oscar Bonavena. Oscar Bonavena knocked Joe Frazier down twice. Frazier had to rally to win a decision. Check that fight out. Check out his 11th round destruction of Buster Mathis to win the New York State Athletic Commission heavyweight title. He totally, I mean, he beat Fred Mathis down to finally they stopped it in the 11th. Those are, those are some Joe okay. Frazier fights watching. Okay, so that's great, man. And uh, thanks for uh, coming on and talking about the guy. You know, uh, a lot of people, it's funny too because uh, I'm sure every time people would come interview Frazier, it was always about Ali, and that probably pissed him off, too, you know, so... And he was heavyweight champion of the world, man. Logan, you make a good point. When Joe Frazier, from the minute he became the heavyweight champion of the world, 
to the minute he he lost it to George Foreman from 68 to 73 in those five years, it was all about, oh, when are you going to fight Ali? When Ali was in exile? When are you going to fight Ali? Is the fight close to happening? Or, okay, you'll fight Ali's back. When, when is the fight going to happen? Or, okay, you beat Ali. When are you going to give Ali a rematch? Or, or, or what do you think of Ali's fight coming up? Or, it was always, what about Ali? It wasn't about... Hey, Joe, you think you could beat this guy coming up? No, because everybody figured Joe Frazier would beat the guy. No, it was like, what do you think about Ali's move here, doing this, blah, 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 blah. I mean, yeah, he he got hit with that probably every day of his life while he was having Yeah, not, not just five years, man, 40. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, More like from 68 to the day he died, that's, yeah. oh, wow, 43 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, over 40 years. Like, it hasn't stopped. Ali this, Ali that. Oh, oh, Ali has Parkinson's. What do you think? Uh, When they asked him that the first time, he was like, well, that's God punishing him for for the way he treated people. Wow. That's how bitter Joe Frazier was. Yes. That is bitter, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, he died the heel in the situation, you know. Um, And it's funny, when they first fought, he was the face and Ali was the heel because Ali was coming off the Vietnam controversy. He was still calling white people devil. You know, and and um, the established the American establishment was behind Joe Frazier. But yeah. By the and, and in the third fight, they, they were both faces because the way they fought and they were funny. We talked about the three in Manila. When the fight was over, Marvis Frazier, Joe Frazier's oldest son, visited Muhammad Ali in Muhammad Ali's dressing room, and Ali told Marvis Frazier, "Your fi- your father is the greatest fighter I've ever seen and I've ever fought." I mean, Ali, whenever. He talked about Frazier after those three fights, had nothing but the greatest things to say about Frazier, about his style, about what kind of fight it was. Ali knew deep down inside, and he said it several times. Joe Frazier was a great fighter. Yeah, and let's let's understand that, you know, know, the, the fight that Ali had with Foreman would have been nothing if... Foreman hadn't like destroyed, uh, you know, Frazier. Base, you know, like because the fact that he destroyed Frazier and Frazier gave this performance to Ali really made uh, everybody think that Foreman was just going to run over Ali. And so, when well, we do the next th- Ali show, are we going to do the yeah. Ali show next? Week? The second yeah, part gonna, next week. Yeah, we're going to talk gonna, about that. We're going to. We'll start with the Ali Norton fights. Right? Yeah. 73. And then we'll go into the Ali Foreman. You make a great point, Logan. Because Foreman destroyed Frazier the way he did, Ali was like a 5 to 1, 6 to 1 underdog going into that Foreman fight. Nobody, not even Ali's close, close and personal friend, Howard Cosell, thought Ali had a shot at beating Foreman. Cosell told, told Ali a week before the fight, Ali on national television, why will the sports? Muhammad, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you have a shot at beating Foreman. Yeah, and and I just think that like you really have to give the credit to Frazier for that, like because yeah. if if he hadn't been in the picture, it would have been just another challenger for you know, or an, uh, it would have been another fight for uh, for Ali. Although you know Foreman had his own reputation, but uh, Foreman had, that, it would have been a big fight, but it wouldn't have been as big had Foreman right. not destroyed Frazier the way he did. It would have been a big fight because every fight Ali. Had was a big fight, but yeah. it would have been mega fight 
you know, Ali had many big fights, but the mega fights he had in his career, the two Liston fights, the three Frazier fights, the Foreman fight, the two Norton fights, and the last Spinks fight, the second Spinks fight, and the Holmes fight, the Holmes debacle he had no business fighting in. Those were the ten biggest money-making fights of Ali's career, right? That Foreman wouldn't have fit in that category had he not done to Frazier what he did to Frazier. Yeah, and 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 he puts him in the history books as like you know a major force because you know let's face it after that Foreman quit. He, I mean, imagine if he had never you know if if that fight wouldn't have been as big, I doubt he would have quit. I doubt he. I think he would have stayed in fighting. You know, things things change. You know, so it's just it interesting. Change. If you ever read George Foreman's autobiography, the Ali loss hurt him to the fact where he wasn't the same. He started beating his wife. He started drinking. And when he retired, he had nothing to do with boxing for 10 years. He wouldn't even look at a fight. Yeah. That's how bitter he was over losing to Ali, and that, that's, that's how much hurt. And he he didn't get over it. I don't think he finally got over it until he fought Evander Holyfield in 1991, and he gave Holyfield hell. I think that's when he finally overcame his ghost from from, from fighting Ali in, in Kinshasa Zaire. Yeah, yeah. And and I think like it's just a lesson to how sometimes like the psychology and the way that you do your promos and stuff like that, they can hurt people, you know, yeah. more than your yeah. punches. And it's amazing that uh And Ali, Ali hurt was... Ali hurt many, many people just with his mouth. And a lot of times before the fight started, the fighter was so psyched out because Ali had gotten into the guy's head. But with yeah. Frazier, it backfired because it made Frazier want to want to hurt Ali and fight even more determined. I mean, that first fight, Ali, if they fought that, if Frazier fought like that against Ali five times, Ali wasn't beat for that night. Ali was never going to beat Frazier. Frazier was determined, and you saw it, Logan. I mean, he just went at Ali. He went through everything, and he wasn't losing to anybody that night. That's how determined Frazier was. Frazier, that night that Frazier beat Ali, March 8, 1971, the first fight, Joe Frazier fought as great a fight as anybody could have ever fought in the history of boxing. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a show of heart versus skill, and it was yeah. heart one, yes. you know. Yeah, and heart overcame skill that night. Well, Frazier had skill, but Ali had more skill. That, But yeah. Frazier had more heart, and that's hard to say because Ali had as much heart as anybody. The only guy that had more heart in the history of the heavyweight division than Muhammad Ali was Joe Frazier. That's it right there. All right, man. That's we'll let that be the last word on this, and then we'll go into the uh, rest of the career and life and times of Muhammad Ali next week, and uh, probably have Mark Ren on too. So we'll talk then, man. We'll start with the Ali. I'll I'll, I'll uh, email you the dates of the Ali Norton Norton fights to start with, and then the Foreman the, the Foreman Ali fight, and then I guess we already talked about it. Throw him a little relax, Mark Ren. His thoughts about it, but we won't. Since we talked about it in detail tonight, we won't go in detail. We'll just let Mark Ren bring up his points about what he thought about that fight. And then um, I, I guess we could do the rest of Ali's career next week, the rest of his fight career next week, since we talked yeah. so much about his major fights with Frazier today. Yep. All right, so rest in peace, Frazier, and you were a great man. And may you have some peace and death that you did not have in life. You were, you were, You had the greatest heart in the history of the heavyweight division. You are a true warrior. When you look up the dictionary, the word warrior, there should be a picture of Joe Frazier's face next to the word warrior because that's what he was. He was a warrior. 
Amen, brother. Okay, we'll talk soon, man. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you again next week. Peace.